Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Um, and as always, a big welcome to all of our listeners here at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show, where our talk is all Catholic all the time. Um, you know, we have a very, very exciting show for you today. I'm going to have a very special guest. I know that she's been, she's part of our VMPR family unofficially. I know that she was on a show uh, for Jesus 911 with uh, uh, Jesse and his wife, uh, Anita, uh, and they interviewed her earlier to talk about her life coming back from traumatic brain injury. The guest on my show today is named uh, Cherie Ballinger, and she is one of the producers of Roe vs. Wade, uh, the movie that if anybody has not yet seen, I highly recommend that you see it, you purchase it, you look at it. Um, it it's a great movie that talks about how did Roe versus Wade come about? How did the Supreme Court justices make their decision on passing uh, that case or on authorizing that case? Um, and she was one of the producers. She's, she's a, a big person in Hollywood in, in that area. Uh, she was discovered when she was a young gal. She actually had come out in the movie The Parent Trap. Uh, back in 1998, which was a remake of an original movie uh, of The Parent Trap that Disney had done earlier, I believe it was in the 60s or 70s. And she was one of the actresses there, and that's kind of where she was discovered, if you will, um, as a young girl. But <clears throat> we're going to hear her story, and I want her to tell it to us about how she suffered traumatic brain injury. As a physician, I'm always fascinated by neurology, especially being uh, a psychiatrist. You know, we, we work closely with neurology because we have to look at neurology, um, psychiatry. How does that all blend together? Um, because there's a big joining of the mind and the brain, obviously, in the neurological system. Well, Cherie had gone actually through, uh, uh, she'll tell her story, but she had gone through traumatic brain injury, which that really means the brain is damaged. And to what extent is damaged, it really depends on the person. Um, and then the real question when it comes to traumatic brain injury is, how much do we get back? You know, how much, how much do we recover to feel 100%? Or are there always going to be deficits? If anybody's had a family member who's ever suffered from a stroke or something along those lines, you know that we always worry about speech. We worry about movement. You hear somebody had a stroke and half their body was paralyzed. They couldn't speak. Their, their mouth was drooping. And that's what happens because that's when we, we really uh, see the effect of the brain controlling the whole body. You know, there's a problem with the brain is that's where all of our neurons start. Uh, we're going to have these limits and, and we're not going to be able to perform or do what we used to. Um, and Cherie suffered that. She's going to tell us her story. She's going to tell us how she came about it. But more importantly, since we are here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, she's going to tell us about how her Catholic faith helped her get through the mental anguish, the physical anguish, and what she has accomplished um, since then and, and what, she, what she's going to be doing. I think it's such an important, inspirational story to see how God works in somebody's life, especially if we think that there's nothing left, you know, um, and I'm so excited to have her on. We're going to have her on for the, for the last three segments of the show. Um, a few things before she comes on, though, I wanted to just uh, remind our listeners, if you haven't been listening to uh, some of our shows on, on 
Uh, if you listen to No Nonsense Catholic with Matt Arnold, uh, he had mentioned on there as I was listening to his show, the Augustine Institute is going to be putting on an app that should be coming out in August, as he was telling me, um, and it's going to be called the Amen app. And I'm excited about this app because what they are going to be doing is they're going to be reading through the Bible, and if you listen to the app, you're going to be able to have heard the whole Bible read in the, in the course of a year. Um, and the, a couple of great things for me that I thought were exciting when Matt was talking about that. Um, one, he's going to be using Dewey Ram's Bible. So, you know, he talked about how there's different translations of the Bible and there's the revised standard versions and are they Catholic or not? And he mentioned how if it's revised, it's revised from the King James uh, version of the Bible. But he's going to be using the Dewey Rams Bible, which is actually my favorite go-to. Um, and the second part that's exciting for me, not only is it going to be the Dewey Rams Bible, but Matt himself is going to be reading it. What a great, you know, that guy's got the radio voice of all radio voices, I think. You know, he's got such a great voice, uh, very soothing. And I think to hear the Dewey Rams Bible read by Matt Arnold will be awesome. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Again, it's the Augustine Institute. They're going to have an app called Amen, the Amen app. And that should be coming out mid-August is what he told me. Um, the other thing that's going to be coming up is uh, August 7th. So right here at our own chapel, uh, we are going to be hosting the Sex and Honor Conference. Uh, I'm going to be hosting that. Uh, I'm going to be giving a few talks along with uh, Mary Danielle Barber, Terry's wonderful wife. If you listen to um, Bible with the Bar Barbers, I always learn so much from Mary Danielle. You know, not only is she um, smart, but she really knows how to convey uh, what the Bible is telling and reaches out with the messages to let us know what is important in our Catholic faith. She's going to be one of the speakers. And... Our guest today, Sheree Ballinger, is also going to be one of the speakers. So um, a lot of people say, well, uh, Dr. Sambo, what's this sex and honor? What, what's that all about? What do you mean sex and honor? You know, what the point of this conference is, is we need to start thinking about sex as Catholics, as true Catholics, not as, you know, scared, shy, I'm, I think I'm too conservative or too reserved to talk about it, or gosh, that's something that shouldn't be talked about. It, it, it's disrespectful to speak about it. And that's not the case at all. That's not what God wanted for us. God, you know, gave us this gift to create life, turned it into a sacrament. So we are really going to be speaking about how is sex uh, incorporated into the sacrament of marriage, why you can't speak about sex without speaking of the sacrament of marriage, which I think is one of the pitfalls uh, that we fall into in today's modern society. We kind of separate it from the sacrament. But more importantly, we're going to talk about, from a Catholic perspective, as Catholic couples, um, are we really living our, our marriage life the way it's supposed to be, and sex being a big part of it? Are we talking about it? Can we communicate about it? How do we think about it? And then let's not forget that part of our marriage vows was that we are going to teach our children. We're going to teach our children our children how to be Catholic. And we're going to talk about when is the right time to teach our children about intimacy, about intimacy in marriage. How do we talk about that? And um, what, what do we expect our children to take from it? How are they going to learn and look forward? So I think it'll be exciting. Those are the topics I'm going to cover um, as, we, as we have that conference. Uh, I know that Cherie Ballinger is going to be talking about sex and Hollywood and really more the um, bringing class back to Hollywood. She's got a few projects where she really wants to make Hollywood family friendly again and to show value in the movies um, and in what is being produced out of Hollywood. And Mary Danielle is going to give us a wonderful talk on theology of the body and based on John Paul's two theology of the body and what that really means for us, how we want to think about this theologically, um, because it, again, it is part of our sacrament. Um, and those are the things that we really want to convey during that conference. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to go to our website. Feel free to send me an email at doctor, that's dr. 
uh, Sandoval, VMPR at gmail.com. If you have any questions about the conference, what, what you should do, I've already had a couple of people uh, email me about that. I'll be more than happy to answer questions. And again, if you're uh, listening, if it's up on the screen, uh, thank you, Richard, for putting it up on the screen. Uh, if you're watching the show, if you're listening to the show, it's dr.sandovalbmpr at gmail.com. Um, and you can feel free to go to our website, sign up. Uh, I believe it's going to be $35 per person. And if you sign up as a couple, which I hope a lot of people do, because this is really geared toward uh, couples and how we teach our children about our intimate life, uh, as God wants us to have an intimate life and live an intimate life. <clears throat> um, I hope you can sign up as a couple. It'll be a, a little bit of a discount, $50 per couple. Uh, you can go to our website, virginmostpowerful.org um, to do that. Well, here on the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show, one of the things that we want to do is going to be a, a, a threefold goals that we have here. We want to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics, so that we can be Catholic and become better Catholics. In other words, we want to think like Christ so that we can live like Christ and in that way become more like Christ to each other. And how do we do that? Well, you know, the first thing is, if we're going to think like Catholics and we're going to think like Christ, then we have to educate our minds. We have to give our minds knowledge of what it means to be Catholic. We're going to be doing that by either reading parts of the Bible, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, Lives of Saints, Stories of Saints, and uh, you know, Canon Law. Anything that we need to to read and to enrich ourselves in terms to of thinking like Catholics is is one of the things that we're going to do. We're going to know how to apply that in terms of whether it be patient cases, or in this case, we're going to have a wonderful guest speaker to tell us what it's like to live like a Catholic. What does that mean? You know, now that we've read all this, what does that mean in real life? And lastly, we're going to, how do we apply all that to become more Catholic and to really be Catholic? And that's where our prayer life comes in, our, us trying to unite to Christ once we've thought about what it means to like what it means to be Catholic once we've started to live our lives as, as Catholics, and then all of a sudden be Catholic, to be in an existence of God, in the presence of God at all times. Well, today's Think Like Catholic section is going to be coming from The Imitation of Christ, a little book I've been reading uh, as I do my uh, Holy Hour Challenge. And today I want to read from chapter two of, I believe it's book two here. Let me take a look. Yeah, so it's book two, chapter two. There was this great chapter uh, and let me just give you the title. It's called On Humble Submission. I'm not sure if I've read parts of this on our show before. It's not very long at all. It's only about four paragraphs long. But I think this really applies if we, when we listen to this, if we start to think like a Catholic uh, so we can live like Catholics. And when you hear uh, Miss Ballinger's story today, I think this really applies to us being humbly submitted to Christ, to the will of God. So listen to this chapter a little bit. We're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to see how we apply it as we talk to Miss Ballinger when she comes on the show. So this is chapter two again of book two. It's called On Humble Submission, and it says, do not be concerned about who is on your side or who is against you. Just be sure that God is with you. If your conscience is clear, be sure that he will defend you. The malice of others can never harm, harm you as long as he is by your side. You know, gosh, in today's day and age, that first line, do not be concerned about who is on your side or who is against you. Um, just be sure that God is with you. Boy, that speaks volumes, right? When uh, we want to live our faith and if we ever feel like we're not able to, we feel that there's roadblocks to it, we got to remember God is right there with us regardless of what the world is doing. Listen to this next one. This is a, this is a great uh, paragraph here. Be silent and endure for while you will not, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for a while you will experience the help of God in your need, no doubt about it, for God knows when and how to deliver you. 
So put yourself in his care. It is up to God to help and to deliver from all dilemma. However, we should realize that often it is good for others to know our defects and call us to order for them, for it keeps us humble. We're going to talk more about humility, more about letting God work in our lives when we come back from the break with Ms. Ballinger. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Um, you're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show, where we like to think Catholic, live Catholic, and be Catholic. Um, hopefully, uh, we're going to get Ms. Ballinger here joining us in a little while. Richard, is she uh, joining us yet? Not yet. Okay. So I know that she's going to join us in a couple minutes here. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, we're going to have a special guest today, Cherie Ballinger, uh, from the, one of the producers of Roe versus Wade, who will also be one of the speakers at our Sex and Honor Conference. Um, should be joining us in a little bit. And there she is. I see her on the screen. Hi, Cherie. Good morning, doctor. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Great. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've just been talking you up to all of our listeners here uh, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio on the Dr. Sandoval Show. Um, just getting them excited because I am very excited to have you on the show. I got to tell you, um, to have to have you on the show, the way that God has worked in your life is beyond miraculous to me. And it just gives me faith and hope. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm doing so great. And you know what? First of all, doctor, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's really an honor, especially knowing your expertise and your background and um, just the fact that I get to share my story yet again with another audience. I just feel so blessed and so grateful. So thank you for having me on. It's a great, great day today. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Thank you. You know, one of the things is um, every time I now every time I've only spoken to you a couple times, you know, but it's funny because with your, you have such joy of life. It seems like I, I have yet to feel that you're not happy at any time that I talk to you. And I got to say that that brings, that brings happiness to other people as well. Considering everything you've been through, where do you find that joy? Well, <laughs> you know, first of all, thank you because I don't always feel happy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Just FYI. Um, However, you know, I have to, I check myself because I'm always just amazed at the fact that I am able to have a life right now. I've, after everything that I've gone through, you know, I, I never expected to have a second chance at life. And so whenever I do have those moments where, you know, gosh, I'm having a hard day or something, I, I do find that. I've gotten in this habit of just checking myself and saying, wait a minute, you're, you're so blessed. You're even here. I mean, there was a time in my life where when I just, I couldn't talk, I couldn't do it. There was actually, I felt like there was no hope. Yeah. So my joy comes from the fact that I know that God gave me a second chance at life and I'm trying really hard just to, see his will in everything every day and um, to remember that every single day is a gift because it is. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and for our listeners, I want to give them a little bit of background and because I have some specific questions for you, especially as a, as a medical professional, I'm always, uh, fascinated by anybody who's been to what you, through what you've been through, but you know, you're, you're a normal person. You started your life. You, you are, were lucky enough to get into Hollywood. You were featured in the movie, the parent trap, the remake of the parent trap, right in 1998 by Disney. I remember the original Haley Mills movie. And yeah. then, uh, uh, you were in, in the remake with, uh, Lindsay Lohan, right? And, yeah. uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're going through Hollywood. And from what I understand, you tell the story better than I will, of course, but you were doing a stunt for a movie or something like that. And then all of a sudden you had this traumatic brain injury. You hit your head. Yes, I uh, was doing a movie poster and there was an action shot that I was asked to do in the air. And long story short, I was on a trampoline. It was a one tra person trampoline and I was high in the air and I had to do this running pose. And when I did that, I lost my center. And when I came down, I uh, fell from about seven feet onto the back of my head on concrete. Wow. Did you immediately lose consciousness there or were you still conscious or? You know what? I actually don't remember that. Um, there's varying um, stories with that. But what I do remember is I do have some memory of being transported in the ambulance. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so, so amazing that in one moment, your entire life, just completely changes. Well, that's an interesting I mean, thing, like right? That. That's an interesting thing because it, just like you're saying, it's like, you, you know, we, it's in many ways, and I'm not saying you this, I think this for myself, you know, whenever I speak, I speak for myself. Sometimes I think I take so many things for granted in a way that I just think this is what my life is going to be. I'm just going to be driving. I've already planned out what my day is going to be. I already planned out what my next week is going to be. And then all of a sudden within the split, you know, a split second, you're like, I don't know what my next four years are going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, that, that, that joke where you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans and there is <laughs> nothing more true. Let me tell you, because I also felt like I had like all these things I wanted to, to have in my life, especially at that time. And, um, just like that, my entire, my entire life just like completely stopped and changed irrevocably. I mean, there's no going back after something like that. And everything I ever wanted just went out the door. And, you know, my morning started out just like any other day. Uh, but I will say this, and this is something I want like all of your listeners to know is that the day that I did fall was February 11th. And that is the feast day of Our Lady of Lords. And um, me as a devout Catholic, I was very happy about that feast day. And so I did pray several rosaries on my way to the set that morning. Is that something you would normally do every day? Would you, were you always praying the rosary? You know, yeah, I, I would generally um, say that I would pray the rosary in the car. Mm -hmm. um, but that particular day, I actually prayed a few that I was able to get in that morning. And, um, and that was in honor of that feast day. And I know without a doubt that she helped to spare my life that day. And so I make sure to tell people that because it's that whole thing where every single day is a blessing. Even though you might have it planned out, you don't really know what's <laughs> going to end up happening that day. So the moral of the story is learn your feast days and also I, make sure you <laughs> 
the day with prayer. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can I could not have said it better. You know, absolutely. And we're going to get into that more because what I want to find out first from you, and, and down the show, I'm going to get into that because I'm taking notes because you're bringing up good things that I, that I hadn't thought about asking you in terms of, of the spiritual life as we get into the further in the show. But first, my listeners, what I want them to really understand is the the, the gravity of the situation because to what to whatever level you're comfortable sharing, you hit your head. What were your limitations now? Like, what did you wake up in the hospital? Could you move? Like, what was your first, uh, uh, or what do you remember? Because that's another thing. Where's the memory, right? So what do you remember? What was your experience medically, physically? Well, you know, this is something that I really advocate for now, um, because I was actually discharged from the emergency that same evening and I couldn't even, uh, walk out. They didn't keep you in the hospital. I no, they did not. And, uh, that is a common thing, believe it or not with, uh, and I had a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. For me, um, it was all of my symptoms ca- came crashing down within, I would say, within 48 hours. So I couldn't even walk out of there. My One of my brothers had to help carry me out, but they still discharged me. And um, by the time my family brought me to my parents, I actually uh, I couldn't stop throwing up. I, I lost my ability to talk. Uh, I couldn't walk. Suddenly, it was like my body was just completely shutting down. And then my I lost all my memory. It, it was like, you know, your brain's like the central computer for your body. And it was just like fizzling out. It was just like it was powering down. Now, how long ago did that happen? So this happened on February 11th of 2014. 2014. Was my accident. So we're looking yeah. at about seven years ago. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you lost... Everything. I want our, our listeners to appreciate. You lost everything. In other words, and if I recall correctly, as you tell it, you didn't remember what items were, what things were, basic things like a fork, a cup, things like that. Yeah. Um, I basically, the, the best the best way to describe it is I basically became like a little child again. And, um, <laughs> and also, mind you, with the horrific pain as well, I was in constant pain. And, um, gosh, it's something I would never want anyone to experience. I, I had to learn how to do everything again. I had to be in physical therapy, speech therapy, um, doing memory things with my speech therapist. I mean, everything you can imagine. It was like starting my entire existence over, but like without any kind of I felt light at the end of the tunnel because the doctors always told me, you know, you may not ever really have uh, your life back. You're not really going to ever be the same again. And so, you know, it's like, okay, what am I even doing? Why am I even trying to get better? You know what I mean? Uh, like, what's I'm my just, purpose? Yeah. Why am I what here? Is my purpose? And Why so, did God spare my life? Right. You know like, if, if this is going to be my existence, what? Yeah. What good is that? Why didn't you just take me? Exactly. And and I can honestly say with without a doubt, and I want everyone to know this, like it, it was extremely dark uh, times for me because I remember constantly, constantly asking God to take me. Yeah. I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And I went through four years of recovery and the pain was absolutely horrific. And I can remember so many times. I don't I don't even know how I went through years of this. I would never wish this on anyone because the pain was so horrific. I would 
almost feel myself coming out of my body because I actually couldn't, there's only a, a pain, there's a pain threshold that we all have. And mine's actually pretty high. And, um, it was, it was just so much. And I remember just constantly asking God to take me. I never, I didn't want to be here and I didn't really feel like I really had a purpose anymore. And, um, you know, you see me joyful now and I, and that is a fact, but I want everyone to know that like, if you're feeling this way, I've been there and I understand, and it's not an easy thing to go through. It's not, it's not. And, um, I've been there Did you and ever, I talk about this now. In, in that time, did you ever see a psychiatrist, a therapist, anybody recommend that? Or did you just kind of white knuckle it on your own? Or what was that like for you? No, you know, um, I actually had, I had a neuropsychologist, um, but you know, I, I also was dealing with <laughs> little things like, you know, learning how to walk again and yeah. I, my memory and th there was almost bigger fish to fry if that's even a, yeah. that's even a thing, you know what I mean? Well, this is what I tell my listeners though, because it's the, the complex, this is why I find your story so fascinating. The complexity of what you went through, you know, a lot of people will see it and they heard, okay, traumatic brain injury, which by the way, I want to give a plug. You are the speaker and you are like the representative of women's brain project. Is that right? Yes, right. that's right. I'm the U S ambassador. And, yes. and so tell me a little bit about the, I'm going to ask you a few more questions about that, but tell me a little bit about the women's brain project. So the women's brain project is a fantastic organization. They are based out of Switzerland and they have um, a worldwide reach of doctors, researchers, everyone you can think of who really is passionate about really advancing precision medicine. And, and those are the key words because we really don't know a lot and that much about brain injuries and also how males and females are different. We have different physiologies. We're going to go to a break really quickly. You okay. can hang on tight and we're going to talk more about that coming up after the break. Fascinating story. Every, all of our listeners, Sharif Ballinger, uh, hang out and we're going to continue her story after the break. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are joining Dr. Sandoval here. And today, my special, special guest, Cherie Ballinger, uh, who is one of the producers of Roe vs. Wade and who will be joining us for the Sex and Honor Conference that we're going to have in August. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on on the show. Cherie, you were telling us a little bit about the Brain Project. I want you to hear about that. And then I want to hear a little bit more. I want to explain to my viewers what you went through. But finish telling us about the Women's Brain Project. You said that they're studying the brain. Men's and, men's and women's brains are different. And what's that about? Yeah, you know, they're fantastic because they're really trying to advance the way doctors treat women and men and brain injuries and brain health. And for me personally, I had a lot of very female specific issues um, following my traumatic brain injury. And I had excellent doctors. And in their defense, I mean, they really didn't know what to do with me. Um, they would just give me all of this pain medication and, um, 
you know, there were a lot of things that they just didn't know how to handle. And it really, and, but it really speaks to, as you lived, obviously, through this, how men and women are different. Our bodies are different. Our brains are different, even though we are of the same species of human species, if you will. But there is a difference going on. I mean, granted, I, when I studied it, the biggest differences we study are, you know, in the hormones and, and the, the woman's cycle and for men, you know, how we develop our testosterone and things like that. But other than that, it's like, oh, we have the same muscles. We have this and that. But it really speaks to how we are different entities who really work together. That's amazing that, that you uh, realize that and that the doctors hopefully are seeing that through this Women's Brain Project. And can people find that online or something? Yes, yes. Please uh, visit uh, their website at womensbrainproject.org. Perfect, perfect. And you can donate. You can see what they're doing. Um, there's also a lot of resources. If any of your listeners uh, know of anyone or they themselves need some help. There's a lot of advancements being made even since I've had my TBI. And um, it's really something I speak about now all over the world because I really don't think that in this day and age that anyone really needs to go through what I what I experienced. That's and so amazing. Yeah, my goal is to make it so that no one has to go through what I did. Because this, uh, this is what I want my listeners to yeah. understand, because what you, now correct me if I'm wrong, okay? This is what I always tell my patients. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. You're not my patient. You're my very special guest here. But but I like to keep myself humble. One of the things is this. I don't know if our viewers appreciate, you know, we all hear, oh, yeah, they hit their, they got a concussion. They hit their head a couple of days later, make sure that they don't fall asleep. And, you know, with the MRI, say a couple of days later, they're okay. I would dare say your experience was more like, and what I want our listeners to understand is not only did you have the brain injury, it shut down the whole system to the point where this is where I, I'm always trying to convey to people on our show, we are body, mind, and soul all at the same time, where I think everything shuts down. The body shuts down, the mind shuts down. And the best way I could possibly explain it would be, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. But, Me too. but the way I could explain it is my guess is that you probably woke up in the tunnel as he's trying yeah. to escape. You are crawling through a sewer and you don't see the light at the end. You don't even know how long that tunnel is. Is that fair to say? That is absolutely fair to say and a great analogy. Yes. Because, and so what I got to wonder is, you know, when you're in that tunnel for our, our viewers, sometimes, you know, we go through life and we feel like, my life sucks. Uh, you know, where is God in my life? I didn't get that promotion at work. My kids are being all jumping, all crawling the walls. My spouse, my significant other, they're not listening to me. And we feel sometimes, you know, gosh, I don't know where anything is. Where's my life headed? God, please help me. We can feel that. I think you felt that to the nth degree. And I wonder as you're going through that, as you're crawling through that muck, <laughs> what would you tell our viewers as we're going through our everyday life things? Where was your hope in God? Did you find that? What was that like for you? You know, <laughs> your analogy is really good because it it is a dark, a very, very dark tunnel. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, many times I felt absolutely hopeless. And for me, that was a very difficult thing in and of itself because I was always such a positive go-getter and I was traveling the world and had all these things going for me and I was like this I was a I was on fire before my yeah. accident and so to go from that like 100 miles an hour to like zero and it was just that in and of itself for my just my whole persona it was like completely different for me and um 
I will say, though, that I think that it's very important to have not just your faith, but also the support system, which I think a lot of people don't have, which if you don't have that, that's why I really respect your profession, um, whether you have that or not, because people need to have someone to talk to. They need to have an outlet. I had an incredible support system in my family, particularly my mom. What did your mom do? Now, do you remember, do you ever remember anything in particular your mom said or did or anything that really lifted you? Yes. She, every single day she would say, okay, just every day is a new day. And she would always have something hopeful and positive to mm -hmm. say to me. Mm -hmm. And every single time, uh, you know, and I want to say that this was probably daily for me. I mean, it, it was years of this, four years of this. Um, she, I don't even know, but my mom is a daily mass goer. Mm -hmm. She's an incredible woman. She is, she's a saint on earth. She's an amazing, amazing saint, faith-filled woman. And she was always giving me this hope and positivity, even if I rejected it. She never stopped giving me that hope because I'm pretty sure I was always rejecting it. I mean, I felt absolutely hopeless. And, um, on top of that, the pain just being horrific, it just kind of clouds everything. And um, so I want everyone to know if, if you're experiencing that, no matter on what degree that may be. I mean, for me, I had my whole life stopped, so it was like on another level. But it doesn't matter. Even if you have a smaller level of that, it still affects your whole life. And it's so important. It's, it's like that consistency, right? That consistency of having hope. And... You know and filling funny? your mind with hopeful affirmations and stuff. And my mom did that for me. You know what's funny? It's like you you make me think of a lot of different things because when I talk to patients, um, you know, I'd like to talk to their families and I like to try to give their families a little bit of an explanation of what the patient might be going through, especially if they're going through a depression and anxiety or psychosis. And I tell the families to help them be a little bit more understanding and to help them give them that hope. So on the one hand, it reminds me of that, but it, you're reminding me of, of a few things that I want our listeners to think about. Don't underestimate the power of giving somebody a kind word. Don't underestimate the power that you can make the difference in somebody's life. Just give them a smile. Tell them that you like the way that they're dressed. You know, well, nowadays, who knows, right? You can't tell them how they're dressed, but you like you know, the color of their shoes or something, something very simple um, that you can be kind about um, because that might lift somebody up. You know, you, you, We never know what darkness we're carrying or, or how low we can feel. And, Absolutely. And at the same time, I wonder, you know, it reminds me too, like looking from the outside, looking and thinking this, thinking of this as a movie and thinking of you crawling through this tunnel and your mom being there and every day saying, hey, every day's a new day, you know, come on, giving you that hope. I, you really made me feel like this is kind of how we walk through life. We go through life and we think we have problems. We're in these tunnels. We're in these moments, regardless whether it's as extreme as yours, where it's excruciating pain, emotionally exhausting, and your soul's depleted. Um, and yet your mom is there. It reminds me like on the outside looking in that as I'm going through life, I might be feeling that way, but I've got my guardian angel kind of like your mom telling me, hey, come on, you got to get up. You got to keep going. I got the saints in the heaven praying for me and rooting for me. I got Christ constantly telling me, hey, get back to the Eucharist, come back to the sacraments. Because I can think of times in my life where I've lost faith in God, where I was angry, where I felt like, you know what, I'm done. Like you've abandoned me is what always kind of it feels like. And the reality is, I think it's things happen and we feel abandoned, but there's somebody there. Your mom was there for you. And I got to think spiritually, all of heaven is still there rooting for us. Does any of that ring true to you? 
Oh my gosh, so true. In fact, you just bring up a few things for me. One is that, you know, you just, you don't know what someone's going through. And for me, you know, having a TBI, it's, it's considered like a silent, the silent injury. Because, you know, if someone has cancer or breaks an arm or something, there's always like, you know, there's like this sympathy and people can see the injury and, and have compassion. But for me, I mean, even though my family knew I looked different, no one could really see unless I was like throwing up or, you know, I wasn't really like out. But if someone did see me and my mom was driving around, you know, after, you know, a while after my accident, I was still suffering. And um, you can't see it, though. I don't have a cast on. I don't have, you know, and you don't know what someone's going through. And so it's I have so much compassion now and so much empathy because it is so incredibly important. You don't know if your smile is going to save someone's life that day. Right. You don't know. Right. And that's why it's so important. Our words, our actions, how we treat others. You don't know how that's going to affect someone's course of life. I know. And you it's know? funny because sometimes, uh, like, you know, I tell my patients and our listeners here, never assume. You know, we always assume that because somebody's very wealthy and they're driving a beautiful car and they live in a beautiful mansion and we think they don't have problems. Well, they might not have my problems. We, I'm, they might have, but every, they're going to have a different set of problems and I don't know what they're going Everybody. Going Everybody, right? As, as long as you're a human being on this planet, you're going to have, gonna have problems. problems. Well, here's a question for you. Do you feel that you're back 100%? Do you feel, and to whatever level you're comfortable sharing your journey, where do you feel you're at now? You know, I think I would say I'm like around 90 or so. I'm not a hundred percent, but I almost feel like I almost feel like this guilt in in saying that because I have come so far and I never ever expected to have another life again. And I am so incredibly blessed now. I just every day I'm just sometimes I, I just can't believe it. And so if I'm having a stressful day nowadays, I just I stop and I check myself because I think, okay, you know what? I remember those times when I was like just bedridden and never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now and having such an incredible life. So it really puts things into perspective for me. But you know what? I'm still going through issues from my TBI. I'm not 100%. And um, it's one of those things where that's the cross that I've been given. And um, people forget that sometimes I think about me. I mean, I... My memory is so much better, but every now and again, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm older, but <laughs> I do forget things sometimes. And um, I'm still dealing with a few things as well. And we're never done, right? We're, we're just never done. Like there, never. We're always, and I think that that's actually something, you know, I hope that you get over those humps. But to our listeners, I want to say, if you feel, if somebody feels 90% after all that, that's pretty good. We can feel yes. 90% too. And we can always, I think down the road, work on that 10%, which means trying to get closer to God. When we come back from the break, I want to hear a lot more about the rosary and Hollywood from Cherie Ballinger. All right. Welcome back to the Dr. Louis Sandoval show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We have our very special guest, Cherie Ballinger, who is joining us today to share her incredible story and remind us that every day is a new day and that God is working in our lives. I want to do a little, I want to read a little bit here from, I don't know if you've ever read The Imitation of Christ, uh, great little book, Tomasa Kempis, 
if, if it's a great book I've been reading it because I've been doing a holy hour challenge with our, our listeners. I've been trying to get them to do a holy hour every week. And we're focusing on the virtues of faith, hope, and love to bring peace because the angel of peace at Fatima uh, was telling the, the uh, visionaries to focus on faith, hope, and love. And just a little quick uh, clip here, because you, this reminds me of, of what we're talking about. It's from book two, chapter two of the imitation of Christ. It says on humble submission. And it says humble people are always at peace even when they are put to shame because they trust in God and not in the world. So if you wish to reach the height of perfection, never think of yourself as being virtuous until you know sincerely in your heart that you are least of all. And I think that that's kind of where God puts us. You know, it's like we feel that we're put to shame. And I think that when we say put to shame, I think, you know, we think of it as, oh, shameful, I'm embarrassed around other people. I think sometimes biblically put to shame means God puts these things in your life and it's not shameful. It's more like put to shame, puts you in what we would consider a lower place. Whereas I see everything you're going through as a height of perfection, to be honest with you. I think God perfecting us, you know, and God saying, this is what you want to focus on, you know, but a quick question for you, question for you. So you mentioned that you pray to the rosary, devotion to Our Lady of Lourdes, know your feast days, February 11th. That day you're going to work, you're going to do this thing, you're praying three rosaries. How does the rosary even come into play in Hollywood? (laughs) Well, you know, Hollywood, yeah, is, is a very different place, that's for sure. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, I think, what you do or where you are, whatever your profession is, who you are, prayer is so important in life and particularly the power of the rosary. It's the most powerful prayer and there are so many benefits to praying the rosary. And so, yes, I may have worked in Hollywood and now I'm happen to be back, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, what you do in life. So for all of your listeners, it doesn't matter whether you're home and you're, taking care of your husband and kids, whether you are, it doesn't even matter where you go to work, what you do, your age, does not matter. We, at the end of the day, as human beings, all need the power of prayer. And the rosary is such a powerful tool for us to use in life. And, you know, I tell people, even if you don't believe, please start praying the rosary and you will see your life change. And you can look up stories. I mean, go ahead and Google it. I mean, see how many miracles have happened. Well, you know what your story reminds me of? Like when you tell us, your your story 100% reminds me of St. John Paul II.